Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Ocean State Sidelines. I'm Brandon McGear, sports writer with the Pawtucket Times Woonsocket Colt, once again joined by my co-pilot Will Gagan, sports editor of the South County Independent. Will, preseason over in high school football, the injury funds, the controlled scrimmages, the non-leaguers, all thing of the past, we get to tee it up for real this weekend. Yeah, as, uh, as we record this on Wednesday afternoon, a little bit of fall in the air, you can kind of kind of feel football coming on, uh, although I guess it's supposed to be warm this weekend, and due to Triple E concerns, we'll have a lot of games on Friday afternoons and Saturday mornings, but all the same, yes, real football uh, this week, league games, games that count, uh, and should be some good matchups on tap. A lot of good matchups, uh, you, like you mentioned, a lot of games on Friday afternoon, Saturday morning, and you know, some games, you know, just from my neck of the woods on the Blackstone Valley, be looking at Woonsocket versus Lincoln. I saw both teams this past weekend. Woonsocket, the D2 defending Super Bowl champs, they lost to St. Ray's. And Lincoln, they took one on the chin to uh, Shea and the Jalen Smith uh, snowball that he was. Be interesting to see how that plays out. Woonsocket, it looks like they got a different offense than a year ago. A lot of personnel lost. And Lincoln's under the direction of a uh, fourth-year starter quarterback in Randall Heen. You don't see that too often. Uh, well, Lincoln uh, got beat up pretty good a year ago by Winsocket, so let's see if uh, the Lions can close the gap there. Yeah, and then uh, down in the, the South County region, uh, the game that sticks out, North Kingstown against Moses Brown. Uh, two teams that were uh, have kind of had a little bit of a rivalry going, despite not really having being natural rivals, but they uh, they were two of the top teams in D2 a few years ago, played in the, in the Super Bowl, played a great game in the regular season, uh, and then both moved up to D1 last year. Uh, NK was pretty impressive, saw them on Saturday night. Uh, in a win over Portsmouth, uh, you know they just kind of struck by by high, how high their floor is. Talk about a you know in, in talking about prospects, talk about their ceiling and their floor. They got a pretty high ceiling too, but their floor is very high. They're just a really solid team, have a lot of talent, a lot of depth. They don't make a lot of mistakes. I think they'll be one of the top teams in D one again. Uh, and Moses Brown, you know the new quarterback for them after uh, the Mike Walsh era, who'd been who'd and he'd been he'd been great for them for a number of years. New coach too, with Willie Edwards moving on to Brown University. Uh, but that sh- that should be an interesting matchup. That's a Saturday afternoon game up in Providence. Yep, and two uh, also sticking with Friday, two games, two teams that you saw on Friday. Well, South Kingstown and Burrowville. South Kingstown, they're going to be home against LaSalle and Mount Hope. They get the Broncos coming to them. Uh, just uh, your impressions of seeing the Broncos uh, been a perennial uh, playoff contender over these last couple of years, but a lot of new faces who made it quite the impact there. Yeah, I mean, they look great. I, I sort of expected them just from reading you know, previews and everything and seeing the roster that they would maybe take a little bit of a step uh, step back, have, have some trouble. And I think South Kingstown may struggle this year, so uh, you, you kind of weigh that uh, into consideration. But... Yeah, Burbo was great. Um, Samuel Clifford, who I guess is a former quarterback, is now playing wide receiver. And How many touchdowns uh, did he have? Five, I believe. <laughs> I, so, I missed the first one. I was about two minutes late, and it had happened already. Um, so, yeah, he was he was fantastic, and they looked really good. Uh, another maybe sneaky good game on Friday, Cranston West versus uh, Central over at uh, the stadium. Cranston West, they played Hendrickson in their uh, injury uh, non-leaguer. Central kind of thought it was a surprise a year ago, being a newcomer up to D1, more than held their own. I think that would be an intriguing matchup as well. Yeah, I would put Cranston West up there you know, among the best teams, even though they had they couldn't quite hang with Hendrickson last week in a non-league game. I think 
you know they'll be there at the end among the among the best teams with uh, with NK and LaSalle. I'd say those are kind of my top four at this point. So yeah, that'll be an interesting game. Central uh, Central had some talent last year, um, and and I think they'll they'll have it again this year. So that could be a good one on Friday night. We'll uh, transition to Saturday morning and. To break out the Sanka and the Java at 10 a.m. Do drink Sanka? No, I do not drink Sanka. <laughs> I don't know who would drink Sanka still at this point, but uh, it's a 10 a.m. start down in Narragansett for the D3 uh, matchup between Tolman and Narragansett. Uh, you know, you always wonder about the uh, advantage that a team playing that early has, especially when, you know, Tolman's not exactly right around the corner from Narragansett, but, uh, you know, uh, Tolman is one of the better teams a year ago in D3, they're breaking in a new quarterback after the highly successful uh, Justin Klemichuk era. So it uh, be interesting to see how that matchup plays out. Yeah, Narragansett is coming off a nice win in Week 1, uh, non-league game against Tiverton, who is the defending Division Four champ. And Narragansett came up with a win with a big rally in the fourth quarter. Uh, they have some solid pieces, not a, not a ton of depth, one of the smaller schools in the state, but some good pieces. Brian Veganek, a linebacker, is headed to Holy Cross. And... Uh, Eddie Blessings, a multi-year starter at quarterback, so they they have some pieces and they're looking to make a little bit of noise in D3. A uh, win on Saturday would go a long way. Yeah, and over a new time in Pawtucket, uh, Pariseau Field, uh, East Providence taking on St. Raphael. You know, I came away impressed with the Saints last week against Woonsocket. Uh, Andrew Andella, two-way threat, had caught a touchdown pass, had a key interception in the fourth quarter. The Saints used... Uh, Two quarterbacks, Andre Gray, who got a lot of the snaps last year, and uh, Devin O'Malley, who was actually shifted from running back to quarterback this year. So it looks like head coach Mike Sassy has a nice one-two punch there that can maybe speed up the tempo if uh, need be. But, uh, you know, it's finally here, the league games, and uh, it goes pretty quick. Well, we'll be, uh, you know, saying it's pretty much over by Halloween, and and before you know it, we'll be talking about high school playoffs. But, uh, you know, I'm sure for a lot of teams this week, it's probably feeling like, you know, the preseason, it feels like it's been a long time coming. But, you know, we kind of separate the wheat from the chaff beginning this weekend. Yeah, time to rock and roll. We'll see what happens. So uh, we'll transition now to a little college football talk. And we'll begin with uh, the URI Rams, who had a bye week this past week. They're off to UNH for a 6 p.m. game on Saturday night. You know, another week for uh, Jim Fleming practicing under the lights to kind of get acclimated to that, and we'll see if the uh, Rams can get their first win of the year. Yeah, it's a you know early season game, but it's a big game for them. They uh, you know you can't in in the CAA if you start zero and two, that's just a tough hole to dig out of. It's the toughest conference in the country at that level. And you can be a good team in that conference and have a finish with a losing record. So you or I, if they want to, you know, have a repeat of last year and contend and have a winning record, I, I think they really need to win this game. Um, but that's that's nothing new. Last year, they were at five, the 500 mark heading into the regular season finale against New Hampshire and won that game to clinch their winning season. First one in 17 years. So this will be a big opportunity for them to. Uh, take steps in that direction again. We should mention the Wildcats, they were picked seventh in the uh, CAA preseason poll, and I believe, well, they also have a local connection on that team as well. They do. Uh, Dylan Poirier, North King, former North Kingstown standout, Gatorade Player of the Year last year, multi-sports standout, all-state in football and basketball. Uh, he's a, an offensive lineman for the Wildcats. I, I don't think has, has made a big impact yet. Uh, he made redshirt this year, but uh, he'll be up there. It'll be a, a battle of uh, some some former uh, local stars with uh, Montana Facility playing for URI. 
uh, in a few years, I think they'll they'll be going up, going against each other a little bit. So well, that's a big game for the Rams on Saturday. Also Saturday afternoon, I believe at three o'clock up at uh, Bernie Stadium on the Bryant campus. Brown will have their first game of the year, taking on uh, a Bulldogs team that is desperate of a, for a win. They're zero three. They lost to Fordham this past weekend, and it kicks off the uh, James Perry era over at Brown. Familiar name for uh, Brian Bulldog fans because James Perry was your coach as recently as last year and was broken in as a new coach two seasons ago. Yeah, it's definitely an interesting matchup there. I mean, his his first game at his alma mater is against the team he used to coach. Uh, and you wonder, too, you know, not, not so much the Brian coaching staff, but are the Brian players, are they telling the coaches tendencies? Are they remembering things that, oh, this is how we did this with, with Coach Perry. Is Brown going to do this? So that's... Uh, kind of a cool matchup, kind of a unique twist there. You wonder what the uh, competitive advantage is. You know, Brown, obviously they haven't played a game yet. There's no film on them yeah, on tape. Right. While Bryant, they have three games worth of tape for uh, James Perry and his staff to break down. You wonder where the advantage truly lies. But uh, it should be very interesting. You know, uh, James Perry wasn't there for very long, but... Uh, you know, he was part of like trying to build that next step of Brian mm-hmm. football, you know, taking over from Marty Fine and trying to play faster with more skilled guys. And he's brought that same mindset over to the east side with Browns where, you know, he wants to play fast and play quick. And, you know, he wants to get everything into a track meet. And time will tell if uh, that Ivy League format will pay off. But uh, it'll sure be very interesting on Saturday. This was supposed to be actually a night game. But like we mentioned, Triple E is kind of uh, – throwing a wrench into every uh, schedule, and this game will now be in the afternoon. Yeah, and this, uh, like you said, with with James Perry, uh, it'll be fascinating to see what happens with Brown. I mean, they were really, really hit the skids last year. Um, I only saw them against URI, but that was just a blowout game, and, you know, that had been a game that was the other direction before, not not that long ago. Um, So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, you know, the first steps in the James Perry era and if he can get Brown uh, back to Ivy League contention. Yeah, Brown, they got a tough uh, slate to begin the year. They have, uh, obviously, Bryant, the familiarity of, you know, homecoming, whatever, going back to where you started. And then you got Harvard, and then you mm. were right yeah. week three. Yeah, so no, three, three strong tests out of the shoot there for the Bears, so we'll learn a lot about them pretty quickly. Yeah, definitely. All right, uh, you want to do some shout-outs? Let's do some shout-outs shout out here. Time. Um, I will go first since uh, I guess the biggest uh, news of the week, uh, one of the biggest headlines is Cumberland native Tyler Kolick announcing that he is verbally committed to join the George Mason men's basketball program as the class of 2020. If that name sounds familiar, it should. Um, Tyler was a three-year contributor for uh, Cumberland High, earned All-State honors. If he stayed there all four years, he probably would have graduated as the program's all-time leading scorer, a mark that his older brother Brandon actually holds. <laughs> you know, a sophomore year, he led the Clippers to the D2 uh, title. Uh, as a junior, he led them to the Final Four. Just a, a well-decorated career. Went down to St. George's in Middletown and has really seen his uh, recruiting stock pick up. And credit to uh, George Mason. They were on him a year ago, and they just stayed with him throughout this whole process. Uh, Tyler ended up having 22 Division one offers. Wow. That's impressive. That really is. Got for a guy who kind of just you know, made himself into that kind of prospect. And the biggest uh, takeaway for me is, like, as after his freshman year, he had knee surgery. Hmm. And you don't know how you're going to bounce back. And he told me when I talked to him on Sunday night, you know, a few years ago, he thought he was like a D3 prospect. Wow. And, you know, to see him really – 
build his brand and really take the next steps to kind of put himself on that D1 gravy train, that's a huge credit to him and people around him like, you know, Dwayne Pina, the head coach at uh, St. George's, and uh, Mike Crotty, who is uh, AU coach with the Middlesex Magic, and also, too, you know, the Cumberland High people. They deserve yeah, a lot of credit, sure. too, Gary Reed, so uh, give a shout-out to him, but uh, great success story, and uh, he'll be coming to play uh, the Rams of URI in uh, short order. Yeah, that'll be cool. It'll be, uh, it'll be in a familiar spot. He's played in the Final Four at the Ryan Center, He did. Right? His, yeah. uh, his last game uh, as an Interscholastic League competitor didn't go so well against Henrik. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm sure uh, he'll be looking forward to write a different sort of ending when the opportunity comes okay. when uh, the Patriots come up to play the Rams. That's cool. Uh, and I will close with a little uh, little tip of the cap to the North Kingstown soccer programs. Boys and girls both undefeated at this point. Uh, the boys have a game tonight, Wednesday night, against Central Falls. So this, you know, they may not be undefeated when you're listening to this. But great starts either way. They they've both been awesome. Uh, the girls won a game ten nothing uh, yesterday. So it takes a lot to win a it, uh, game ten nothing. It does. So they're they're playing very well. They haven't even played real home games yet because the field at NK isn't ready yet. Uh, but they're bouncing around. They're playing at Narragansett. They're playing at Wilson Park in North Kingstown, uh, and they're getting it done. So great job uh, by the Skippers. So uh, that's the week that is, the week that was in uh, Ocean State Sidelines land. Get, uh, check out a game. We both encourage you to get out there. Uh, you know, But also check the schedule, too. You never know when these games are going to change. <laughs> yes. And uh, if you're not getting to a game but you want to know what's going on, as always, check out our Twitters. Uh, I'm at Rody Will. I'm at, at uh, BWMCGAIRO3. There it is. All right. Thanks for listening. We'll uh, check back in next week. Have a great week, everyone.